Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Matt, I think you know what that sound means. Yes, it is. We finally give the let the people know. Welcome everyone to another episode of Box Office Avengers. Matt, tell the people what movie we're reviewing this week and who has decided to grace us with her presence again back on the podcast. Yes, uh, this week we are reviewing Top Gun Maverick, the movie that has been long awaited for many people. I wouldn't say ourselves, Ernesto, but probably for our special guest for this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please welcome back Kellyanne Class to the show. Kellyanne, thank you for joining us. Woo, it is great to be here. This is news to us, but apparently you are a very big (laughs) Top Gun fan. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, at, at, before we'll get into it a little bit later, but how excited were you or excited uh, for this movie to be coming out? Because I know you said you're a big fan of the original. I was waiting since they originally announced it. I forget when the original announcement date was, but I felt like it was a couple of years ago, like during the pandemic, and then it kept on getting pushed back and pushed back. So I have been waiting for what feels like an eternity. But finally, <laughs> I was able to see it opening night. Opening night, yeah. I, I, Ernesto, did you also see it Friday? I did. After you I did. got off of work, I went right to the theater. And the movie started at one, and I got out at one, and I I missed Ooh. like maybe only like three previews. I still made oh. I had just enough time. I saw the whole Nicole Kidman thing, you know. She talks about going into the theaters, so I was like, perfect. Oh, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that ad? That ad, so funny. <laughs> did, did you all – I'm assuming you saw it in Dolby. I, I can't imagine I you see you of did, course. okay, I of did. course, yeah. I, I can't see you. I can't I see you watching a movie that's not in Dolby. Like, if it is in Dolby, you'll watch it in Dolby, basically. And it, it definitely gave the movie an added experience, and, you know, I can't wait till when we, when we get into it. Yeah, I, I saw the movie, not on opening night, but two days afterward, and I also had a very, like, immersive... It was a normal showing. I didn't... I wanted to watch it in IMAX, but uh, the times didn't work out, but... Uh, I see. I see you. I, I see you as a person that I think I already asked you, like capitalizing on the 4DX. Thinking oh, that movie in 4DX would have been a little intense. <laughs> you know what? That that, that might, I might go back and do that. Like, because like you're right. That 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 4DX experience. Like the last time I did 4DX was with Shang Chi, and the time before that was Fast Nine, and Fast Nine was like <laughs> you're you're moving in that chair. You're you're like oh my god. Have you ever just, done it before, Kellyanne? I have never. I I just did it normally, you know. It's but I would love to see it, experience it. Like I felt a lot of the emotions that I feel like they wanted you to feel, which obviously we'll talk much more about that. But I can't even imagine like getting fully immersed into it. Mm. Are, are you familiar with the 40x experience? I'm not. I've never done it. 
Okay, it's like but, a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, like your your basically your chair is designed to move very similarly to the events that are happening in the movie, and then as well as if there's like it, it pumps out certain smells. It'll pump if it's raining, you'll get you know rained on, like squirted with water. Um, if it's any type of like uh, mist or like maybe smoke, there'll be like smoke that comes along uh, on inside the theater so it's supposed to be like a very immersive experience sign me up <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you like roller coasters too only some of them anyway uh, well we've gra- we've graduated <laughs> to uh i finally did velocicoaster i know a lot of people have been trying to get me on that finally did velocicoaster so i wouldn't say i love roller coasters but i do them yeah, <laughs> and I, I think that is already like a theme park experience when you do 40x. So maybe you might enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe that might get you more into the to the movie theaters. I know you say you don't often watch movies. Uh, it it but, probably will be a game changer. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> or not, have you done 40x? I'm not sure. I, you ha- I have never done it before. No. Oh my god, we got we got to pick a movie one of these days, and then you I I got to see you experience firsthand. Like you got, <laughs> like you might just you might bring your own seatbelt <laughs> depending <laughs> on how the movie. <laughs> You're like I'm not ready for this. I don't know, some... It's got to be the right movie though. It's that, be that's the right fair. Movie. Also, like when there's action and there's punching, there's like little jabs on your back, and I'm not I'm not a Ooh. fan of that. That I'm not. Oh. We we don't need that type of immersion. In this we that, don't need that. I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm too. I don't know if I'm too too ready. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. <laughs> But I, I think you're right. I think experiencing Top Gun Maverick would have been great in 40X, and it's still is very. I can still do it. It's the movie just came out. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna dive into Top Gun Maverick a little bit later into the show. But first, we're gonna talk about what we've been watching in a fun segment we like to call "What You Watching." So special, uh, Kellyanne, you are a special guest. We'll start with you. <laughs> what have you been watching? Well, I am special, so thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I have been watching. <laughs> um, what I've been waiting for to come out actually just came out. I think at the end of May uh, was Bling Empire. I binged it during COVID, and it they took forever to come out with it. Uh, Bling Empire, the Ultimatum, and then obviously Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset is like the old, the OG, and then like Bling Empire, kind of a spinoff, but a little bit of a different storyline. Rather than like them selling houses, they just have a ton of money that they could just spend, and it's just drama, you know. <laughs> so, so is it is it like like the Asian version of the Kardashians? I would say so. Okay. Um, yeah, and which is funny because I, I never watched the Kardashians. Like I didn't grow up watching them, and like I love reality television, but I never really watched the Kardashians. But like Bling Empire, I binged that. Mm. Uh, and you said selling Santa. That is technically the OG. Like, is that show still going on? Is that like pumping yeah. out seasons? They just finished up. I believe it's season four. Um, if not, it's season five. But so they just finished it up, and uh, they brought in a couple of new people. And so it's it's nice to see them bring in a little bit of a. Um, not only like different, I don't want to say talent, but different dynamics in the friend groups and stuff. And so you'll see, like, if you watch the latest season of Selling Sunset, Christine uh, meets this new girl and they kind of like become BFFs. But then Christine's trying to like tell her side of the story of why all of her drama is like with the other girls and the girls are like trying to tell this girl's side of the story. It's just, it's a lot. It's just a lot of drama that 
I'm obviously not associated with, but it's nice to watch. <laughs> uh, looks like it's uh, there's five seasons, and it's actually already been renewed for season six and seven. So it's already been wow. renewed for two more seasons. So I'm done. Sign me up. Ready to watch. <laughs> so when did it? So uh, I guess my question is: Did it ever? Was it ever about selling houses? at the beginning and are we still about selling houses or is it more about the drama within these these women and less about the selling houses so in the beginning it was about more about selling houses it's not like anything that you see on like hgtv where it's like fully just straight up this is the house that i want it does have like luxury houses mixed in with drama and then season by season it's a little bit more drama rather than houses and i will say that this season is more drama based off of pristine rather than selling houses they still show you a couple of houses but uh you know you don't really see a lot like you did in the first season and it's mainly the season focused around christine which i feel like there's a few other relationships that i would have liked to see kind of play out you have marianne romaine that have been together since season one and their age gap is wild i think it's hmm. 20 years their age gap um but they have like a, a genuine relationship and they're married now um, so it would nice. It would be nice to see that. It would also be nice to kind of get a little bit more in depth about like um, Chriselle and Jason's relationship. They did feature that a lot, um, but not as much as they did with the Christine drama. So I would say the season's more focused on the drama rather than like selling houses and mo- other people's relationships. It, would you say that's for the better or for the worse? Like, are you are you in for more of the drama, or are you rather just like, can we just get back to selling houses? Like, what's your what's your mindset on that? Or is it a good balance? I, lo- I <laughs> yeah. love the drama. Exactly. There there needs to be a good balance. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the drama. I'll sit, eat popcorn, watch the movie, watch the drama unfold. But also, I like to see the houses because I'm never going to be able to afford those houses. So I like to you know at least think that I could mm. and see what they have out there. Not that I'm ever going to move to L. A. But houses are really nice. Yeah. Um, and there's another show you said you meant the, you mentioned that you watched the ultimatum. So that was a very popular show that hit my radar, obviously popular on Netflix and all these shows are on Netflix. Um, but I didn't understand what the show was about. Cause so can you explain it and maybe what the appeal was there? Sure. So, um, if you have ever seen, um, the block, I forget, but they're in the pods. Love um, is blind. Love is blind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've it's, seen it all right. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, that is, so the, the creators, or the hosts, Nick and the wife, forget her name, but they are now the hosts of the show called The Ultimatum. So there are a few couples that, in at least one of the couples of the relationship, they either want to get married or settle down while the other one is still unsure. So basically, they give an, them an ultimatum. This is the kind of confusing part because it's not like they just say, oh, okay, like, you know, let's get engaged or I'm out. They date other people that are on the show, which is a very interesting concept. So they date other people for about three weeks. They decide if they want to stay with that person or go back to their previous partner. And then if they do, maybe get married. Hmm. This sounds like they're setting him up for failure. Yeah, like you're, <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're inviting you're inviting them to fuck up. Like, yeah, we want to see you. Yeah, push you to your limit. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense, and it's not anything that I personally believe in. But it is great television because it is just <laughs> a mess. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean that is an ultimate test. It's like I guess, but also like I wouldn't by by dating somebody else, I wouldn't go. Well, I'd rather be with you than the person I've been with for a while. I feel like either you're not going to be with that person, or you are, and then you can yeah. date other people, not that one specifically that you were that you met on the show. That it just seems that's a very odd premise. How how uh, like how long strange. have the how long have the couples been together? Have any of them been married for quite a long time, or is it like mainly so, new couples, new newly married couples? So they're not married, but the, some of them either want to be married ah, okay. or they either don't. So it's like one couple wants to get married, the other one is you know afraid or unsure of marriage. Um, mm. And some of these couples have been together for like three years, while the others maybe like five or six months. Um, okay. And yeah, they, which, which just blows my mind because you hear some of these people talk about, oh, I really find this person attractive and I'm starting to develop feelings for them. But then they go back to their person that they came here with. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But again, well, great television. Well, no, because maybe they were just, they are meant for that person. They just realized like, man, I've already started building a life with this person. Like, like we are, like we've already built, started building stuff together. I don't know. It's, I, I can get I can get that part I can get that part I can get behind that. It's it's a lot of history that you build with the other person. So like for and it's weird because for you to say well I know that I spent three years with this person but the person I just met for three weeks that's the person I want to be with that. What would what would make it more interesting if you, somebody who's been they've been together for like a really long extended period of time because that's like a that that's a, a couple that's like been through some shit together and now that you know they've. They've gone through thick and thin together. And yeah. Now maybe they're maybe like they've been together like maybe six, seven years, and then try to put them through something like this before they get married. I think maybe that would yeah. be, to me that would be really interesting. That would be a little bit more interesting. But like I, it makes it's a little bit easier for somebody who's been together for for five months. Like they just started, like they're still like oh, just yeah. getting to know each other. Yeah. I mean it. It's very interesting to see all the developments between each couple whether they're the new their new couple where they are living together for the first three weeks or if they're the og couple um and it, it it's interesting to see their thought process because like obviously we all have you know our own thought process and in the meantime i'm like this is wild like you know like you're comparing like i would never do that or you know whatever but at the end i don't know this might be a spoiler alert so if you haven't watched it maybe skip forward, but um, there's a couple that ends up getting married right as they agree that they want to spend the rest of their lives together. So they get engaged, they get married all at the same time. Then when they come back to the reunion, they have a kid. And it was one of the couples that mm. probably was like, if you put money on it, would probably not have ended up together. It was just a very toxic relationship, at least what they showed. Mm. Um, and then when they were with the new, the new people for the first three weeks, it was like that relationship seemed like it was really going somewhere. So, so question, you watch quite a few, quite a bit of reality TV. Can you tell like when they're being like really fake or when somebody's being actually genuine, are you able to like distinguish the difference? I'm going to be honest. Um, no, because I still think that selling sunset is real, but I know it's mostly not. <laughs> Cause like, cause then, cause like, if you hear see somebody go through like a toxic relationship, and then like, hopefully you're like in the back of your head, like, well, I hope they're still not toxic, cause now they have a child, and that's that's like next yeah. level toxic. <laughs> yeah. Well, n- that was my exact thought process. I was like, oh my gosh, I have a kid now. 
and they're they're married. I really hope that they're not toxic anymore. Like I really hope that they figured it out. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. So, so you already spoiled some of it, so we might as well continue. Has there was there anyone that decided to go against their original couple? Like, did they did they go with the new couple they just met on the show and they formed the relationship from that? So, so there was I. I don't think that they like chose each other. So what happened was with one of the couples, it was Ray, and Zay. I think his name was. Those were the original couples or the, the original couple, they broke up before the end of the entire experience. And okay. so Ray was single while her other partner that she had just met on the show was still trying to see if something would work out with their longtime partner. Mm. It didn't end up happening, but I think they were trying to figure some stuff out. So Ray and the other guy, forget his name, that they met on the show, they ended up kind of like saying, Oh, we'll give it a try, but we never really heard anything after it. I tried stalking on Instagram and no one posted anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It, that, that seems like a very interesting premise that I feel like as I'm going through, I have more questions than I would say other shows like Ernesto and I had watched the entire season one of love is blind. And for me, that idea uh, and we also wa- we reviewed that season with Jacqueline. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that. Um, <laughs> that was fun. It, that was a fun episode. Uh, it was a lot. A lot was going on in that episode, but we did lot. it. There was a lot happening there. A lot of that. <laughs> yes, a lot. Um, but that show made sense to me because they were all single and they were trying to just like basically they were rushing a relationship process within like six weeks. And like, and so like that, I can kind of get behind and kind of understand. But this one, I feel like you're just setting up a recipe for disaster. And, and, and that's, I'm not sure if I can get behind a show like that, which is deliberately trying to potentially <laughs> ruin relations. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely poking that bear. But also, but what's worse, you, I, this show existing or you signing up for that show? Cause you know, somewhat of what you're getting. Well, I feel like. Obviously, the worst would be if you signed up for that show, because it's like I would never be able to see someone that I have been with for a long time date other people while Mm -hmm. I still have feelings for them. So I feel like signing up for the show would be terrible. But, you know, there's my mom always said there's a lid for every pot. So if someone wants to join the show, (laughs) they're going to join the show. That is a that is a great saying <laughs> it makes so much sense <laughs> every it's accurate it, it is accurate in a, a lot of ways <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah kelly what would you say is your favorite reality show i'm not sure if we had asked you this question the last time you were on when we reviewed the circle um season two i believe um but yeah do you have a favorite um i think the og would probably be jersey shore Mm. Um, I think that's what, like, I don't know why. I think it was just because I grew up in Pennsylvania. Jersey Shore is so close to, you know, my house. And we had a beach house down in Seaside Heights. And so I could have literally walked to the house that they stayed at. Um, And so it was just, it was garbage television. But for some (laughs) reason, I loved it. Um, So I would say the OG would have to be Jersey Shore. And I did see Jersey Shore Family Vacation when that was out. Uh, And it's pretty good. It's really nice to see also the development of everybody, you know, like the situation was such a horrible person when he was on Jersey Shore. And now to see him like grown up and, uh, you know, like own up for his mistakes and really go through 
uh, probably some of the toughest times in his life and become a man now. That was really nice to see. Um, I guess now it would probably be selling Sunset. Um, and it's, it's been a while since I've seen The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, but that was also a good one, too, that I loved. How could you not? Yeah. Is, is there a reason why you stopped watching those or at least like kept, kept up with it? Morning shift. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Morning shift. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and did you ever go back and watch more seasons of The Circle? I know we watched season two. Uh, we reviewed season two. Did you watch season three? So I haven't started season three yet. Uh, I think I put it on for like five minutes, but then I was doing stuff and I kind of just forgot about it. So haven't watched season three yet. I probably will get to it at some point uh, yeah. because it is actually it, it's a very good show because it is it's such a mind game. And to watch these people try to figure out things, people are intelligent. And so it's really cool to see that. Yeah, I know season. So uh, Megan and I had watched season three, and what I do like about the circle, and that's kind of one of the few reality shows that I can get behind, primarily because it has nothing to do with love or any type of drama. It's all uh, strategy, it's and good. it's it, yeah, it's a game. And Matt so loves games. I you know you know that Ernesto, <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. I do love a good game, um, and it's all it's all a game. So like, and you have like these people who are basically trapped in a room for weeks. Uh, I think the whole process is like two weeks long. So if you get it to the very end, you're there for two weeks. And if you get out early, then you're still in a in a hotel room for six weeks or sorry, for two weeks. But without the pressure of actually trying to win, you're just kind of like doing whatever you want to do. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, to me, I, I really enjoy it. I think season three, they brought up they, um brought the ante up a little bit for season three. Like they, they gave us more. um uh like uh what do you call those um uh damn the word just escapes me right now it's like um like obstacles games? yeah it's it, it was like more, i don't know what i'm trying to say here uh <laughs> it, it was more they put like more things in there to make the game more interesting basically right. uh like what there was one team that got eliminated early on but then they got a second chance to go back into the game but as a different and no, but as another person of who's also in the game mm. so so basically you have the real uh player one and then they had a clone of that same player. And at one point, the, the, the players had to figure out who was the real player one. And and at that point, they got eliminated. Uh, if That was like that was that episode. You had to figure out who's the real one. And you'd be surprised which one got through of like pretending to be another person. So like that was like a mind fuck in and of itself of like, how do you play that game? Um, and then also like somebody was controlling two accounts at one time as well in the game. <sighs> So that was also interesting how they were deciding to like play that game as well. So I think season three did a really good job of upping the ante and we haven't started season four yet, but I'm interested to see if they did anything crazy like that. Can you imagine like that one person having a three way conversation with him and another player, but also talking to himself at the same time? That's exactly that's, what happens. So lost. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's exactly crazy. so the that's guy it helped us for the for the people watching the show, but like every time he was another the other character, he would like run into the other room, uh, to uh, use the other TV. So I guess it helped us, for, you know, with that because he would have to go back and forth and reply basically to the same. It's like he would answer a question that he had asked himself, and and then you also have the other people in the conversation, like um, 
uh, like responding to basically him. Both of them. And, and then he would, as the other player, as the second player, go to somebody else and talk shit about himself to see how they really felt about him as like the original player. So I was like, oh my god, this is. That's, cool. that's, that's actually insane. pretty cool. That is <laughs> yeah. wild. Yeah. So season three, I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty good season. If that it wasn't, they should they should have had him do it on the same screen so that they have to worry about typing on the right account. Like right, see, right. See if they can slip up. Like making it easier for them to slip up. <laughs> but you you also have to play uh, uh, to your strengths of like you don't know the information that you that you know because you're a new player. Mm-hmm. So so you have to go in there kind of playing dumb. But then on the other account, you have to play like you've been here for a while. So it's yeah. it's quite interesting. That's pretty. Wild. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, anything else you've been watching, Kellyanne, or that that's about it? That's really about it. Yeah. All right, that sounds good. Ernesto, we'll go over to you. What have you been watching? So, Matt, I don't know if you remember this weird-ass show that we watched last year, uh, Made for Love. Uh, the, the one about where the girl, she gets a chip implanted in her oh, brain. Oh, yes, yes. And But because <laughs> she, right. she's dating this this guy in this world, he's like he's like the leader of their Google. They call it like Goggle. I, I, don't, even, I don't even remember what they call it. But I don't know. I just – something decided to let me to, – to see what season two – and it's it's weird. So Is I watched it? like two episodes, and I was like, I'm done. I don't. Need oh, to really? You 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 jumped off of it? Yeah, it was just it was getting just just weirder and weirder. It was it got it went too off the rails for me. Oh, interesting. <sighs> oh, that's that's unfortunate. So, very it unfortunate. was a weird it was a weird show though. It was it like was strange. It had a very Ray, strange premise. Ray Romano's character, if it was he he had a relationship with a doll sex and doll. sex it, doll, like a, like a like a really like one of those like ones that cost like thousands of dollars like yeah it was it was weird what in the world yeah yeah that was definitely weird but i i I know i'm kind of sad to see that that like it was it was too if it was too weird for you to continue then you know i think that's saying something yeah but it had an interesting premise it's like what if you dated somebody who had that much technological power and he would literally he had the, he can like monitor everything, everything she saw, everything she felt, all the levels in her body. He would he would rate her orgasms. It was it's wild. Oh, that's right. Oh my <laughs> god. I, yeah. So every all time the, she would orgasm, like a little survey would come up for her, and she would have to rate them, and then he would have them all categorized in like a chart, like trying to understand the data. <laughs> it was, it's strange. <laughs> So if yeah. you like weird, that, it, it might be. It's for <laughs> this show is obviously for somebody because it got renewed for a second season. True so, that. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but also I've been rewatching with my wife. She's watching it for the first time. Is Barry with Bill Hader and Henry Winkler? Oh, it's so good. It's just it's, it's for me. It's even better the second time rewatching it, where Bill Hader plays this hitman and he's sent to California, but he's it's like almost a chance for him to restart this life, and he starts taking this acting class. And it becomes like a like a self discovery for himself, but it's like contending with like being living the life as a hitman and living with um, having being in the army and this guy taking him under his wing after he got out. Um, it's really good. It's really really funny. It's kind of dark though, but it's really mm. good. And then what were you gonna say, Matt? Yeah, I was gonna say that it's a show you've been like. And I feel like this show for you is like I, I know you've told me for a while you got to start this show very similar to how you were telling me I had to watch Ozark. And yeah, just the and writing is so good. The writing is so good. The comedy is like spot on. Bill Hader's one. I think he's won two Emmys. Henry Winkler's won an Emmy for it. 
Like, yeah. It's just it's just really well done. It's really well done. Darcy Darden from The Good Place, she's in it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. I know that it's on the list, of course, of, of many things that are the on the in, list. The infamous, the infamous line. It's yes. on the list. It's on the list, yes. Uh, and <laughs> lastly, we watched, uh, we started season one of Stranger Things. We started, we're about 45 minutes through the first episode of the new season. Oh, 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 oh okay. I thought you said... You, I think you said season one. I was like, you went back to the beginning. Oh, good for you. I thought about it, but I was like, oh, that's a lot of Stranger Things to watch. I, I, could, just watch the re- I could just watch the recap. <laughs> uh, funny enough, uh, Meg and I also, we watched the first episode last night, um, and we watched a 20-minute recap of like where we are in the, se- the series so far, and they did a pretty good job doing so, but you, uh, did you finish season episode one? I have not. I'm very, very close to the end. Okay, the there are some images there, Ernesto, that I have not seen from Stranger Things yet. They, I think they're going a little bit more creepy and more scary this. Well, season. you saw that that uh, disclaimer they put in the they put in the very beginning of the recap where they're talking about, um, you know, just giving their condolences to what happened in Texas this past week. But you know, they filmed this over a year ago, and you know, just to be aware of what things that happened in the episode. Now, I thought it was from. The beginning of the episode. Are you suggesting that it's in the end? No, no, no. It would no. That that was that disclaimer was for the beginning of the episode for sure. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you saw some of those images. You're like, I can, I completely understand. That's how exactly this what can me be. and my wife were saying. Like, wow, this is this is pretty dark. <laughs> Even for yeah. Stranger Things, they're coming in hard for season four. <laughs> that's what I yeah, that's what I say. And then so so the end of it, it's 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 like I said, it's leaning into more horror. Like mm. so, some graphic images that I've never seen this show do before. You know what they're and, doing? They're setting you, up. They're setting up those Halloween horror nights now. They're setting up those scenes so Halloween horror nights has shit to use. <laughs> it's so funny. Literally the last ten minutes of the of the episode, I was like, "That's a hor- that's an HHN scene right there. I can see it from a mile away." <laughs> I felt oh, that. Yeah. I felt that in the first scene. Even the way they shot it, I was like, "Man." I feel like I'm walking through a house at Horror Nights right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, isn't that weird? That's because we live in Florida. That's our mindset. It's like, oh, yeah. No, that, that's a house. That's but definitely how, a house. That's how far right off there. you think that is? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we got to capitalize on this shit. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at them, but I mean, <laughs> call a spade a spade. <laughs> <laughs> Kellyanne, you, you went to HHN for, for the first time not too long ago, right? I did. Don't remember mo- most of it because all like my head and my hat was blocking like every single view, so I had my head down. Mm. Did, did did you enjoy yourself at at least? Um. So like I don't <laughs> like being scared. Um, oh, I usually well. don't. Yeah, don't like scary movies, horror movies, or anything like in that genre. Thrillers. So I haven't seen Stranger Things and. Um, Haunting of the Hill House, I heard people like a lot, but it is creepy. Uh, and so that was one of the houses uh, this previous year. And um, we went through it twice. And it was probably the worst one. And I just remember, like, <laughs> Jason yelling, Kellyanne, you have to look up. You have to look up. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm good. I want to look up. Uh, but they're right. The it is creepy. The show is very creepy, but the writing and the cinematography on that show is absolutely incredible. It's so good. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I get couldn't it. Get you know, if it's not your thing, you know, you probably yeah. won't enjoy it because it is, there are some parts that really out that really scared me. I was like, wow, I haven't, you know, a lot of jump scares, but like in a good way. 
if you yeah. want. See, I like to sleep at night. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I get nightmares pretty easily, so I would like to enjoy my sleep. Sleep about that ten million dollar house rather than like whatever's happening in Stranger Things. I, 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 you know, I can respect that. I get it. <laughs> I think like the only kind of like horror sci-fi show that I actually enjoyed, and this is obviously like years ago, was Teen Wolf on MTV. Oh wow, the TV show. Okay, I remember yeah. watching the original movie yeah. with uh, Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox yep, a very oh, different. Yeah, that was the yeah. action. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but very I've seen, different. I've seen the uh, TV show and it's. It's it's good, um, and I remember one time I tried to rewatch it like back in college, and then like I had a nightmare that next night, and I was like, nope, never again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I yeah, like Arisha said, if it's if it's not for you, if you know that that's not your jam, then I guess avoid it. Um, oh, but yeah. if you ever can muster, he's right. It's a great show, yeah. um, and and even Oscar Nesto, it, almost very recently, I've been warming up to the horror genre i've always felt that that genre was not for me uh but lately i feel like they've been making some interesting movies and tv shows lately that pique my interest and i was like all right matt just gotta start this at noon and uh muster up some courage to watch these scary things it's the writing yeah once they up the writing then you up the level of the horror just kind of accentuates it yes I, i definitely agree with that um, but yeah, I think, I think we are in store for an interesting season, Ernesto with Stranger Things, because, uh, that first episode definitely painted a, an interesting picture. And we watched that, like the last thing we did before we went to bed and we're like, we gotta, we gotta watch something else before we go to bed. And we gotta, That's <laughs> it's like, let me put on some coca melon or something. <laughs> <laughs> do, we got, do we got any, like, you know, any, any 30 minute pleasant, pleasant, pleasant things, you know, uh, I don't that image is very jarring. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to finishing this season then. Yeah, same, same, very much. Um, and I guess to round it out, I watched to prep for this for Top Gun Maverick for the first time. I watched the original Top Gun, and what a plan! <gasps> it was really a pleasant surprise. Like I really, I really enjoyed it. I love the the very '80s opening, great opening sequence. Um, I didn't realize that Meg Ryan was in this movie, so. It's cool to see a young Meg Ryan. Um, it was good. It had a good, very, and we'll get into it when we talk about the movie. But very similar vibes to the second one. They they mm-hmm. they they comp they they complement each other very nicely. Mm. Yeah, I, and yeah, we'll talk about the Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick later because I had also watched the begin. I also watched the first movie for the first time, and it's crazy. Because I know this movie was made in 1986 and it's a classic, but for some reason it just never one of the, one of those movies where you're like, yeah, I can watch that now. It's like I don't know why it took me this long to watch it. Obviously, Maverick was a, definitely a big push for that, um, but I don't know if if Maverick didn't come out, if I would be watching this movie anytime soon uh, because there was no like draw or push to do that. Uh, but aside from that, is there anything else you were watching? Oh, that's it. That's it. Um, so Ernesto, I finally watched. Um, uh, Sereno, the, oh, okay. the musical. Yeah, with um, and Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It was pretty good. I, yeah, it I, good. It's based off an actual It's based off an actual opera. An actual opera. I I really enjoyed it. The music is solid. Um, I think it was. I was. It was like one of those like 
movies that there was just a lot of other things that were coming out around the time. And I think we were full into the Oscar season, so we kind of missed it a little bit. Um, but it's kind of one of those like sleeper hits where I think given a different opportunity, um, I think it could have made like some, I think it could have made some money because I, I really enjoyed the movie. There was one part in there toward the end where I was like, eh, we didn't, we could have, we didn't need that 20 minutes. We didn't, <laughs> we, we didn't need that. I mean, it was, it was like, we had a good momentum and then it just dropped. And then I was like, I was bored. And then there was like this really, really sad song in the mix of all that. I was like, oh God, this is depressing. And then but my and wife then, loves the music. We've been listening to the music since they, since the trailer dropped. So the, yeah, the music's really good. The the song that introduces Peter Dinklage's character is probably one of the best scenes in the movie, and probably one of the best songs in the movie as well. Although mm. I don't know what it's called, um, but I was like thoroughly enjoyed. The writing in there is really good. Um, obviously, based on the premise of him writing poetry, so I, I think a lot of it is it's, it's just a well done movie that I feel like not a lot of people got to. Um, and for a big year of musicals, and we reviewed most of them last year, Ernesto, there was, you know, West Side Story, um, uh, Dear Evan, Dear Hansen, Evan Hansen, In the Heights. Uh, and so the fact that Sereno kind of just snuck in there, we, uh, uh, I, I think that was a good one. Whenever it comes to streaming, because I got it from the library, um, I think you should watch it. It, it, it was a good movie. Okay, and I think the song you're talking about was When I Was Born. At least it's the first song that he's credited to be on. Then that's probably it then. Yeah, because it was, it was early in the... It was like, is that the second or the third song on the list? It's the fourth. The, well, in the, it, number one is intro, two is opening, three is someone to say. So realistically, it's probably the second actual song in there. Got it. Okay, yeah, then that, that probably makes sense. Um, and then we had watched two documentaries, one called We Work that came out last year. Uh, it's, it's called We Work or the Making and Breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. And if you're unfamiliar with the premise, it's basically the founder of, of We Work. And he decided he came up with the brilliant idea of having these office spaces in the middle of New York City. And you, and for startup businesses who want a place to have an office but can't afford like the big office space and you're like just starting up, you can basically buy and rent these cubicles in New York City and actually have a front for your business. And mm. that idea was huge. And he was like, and then also it was a great networking opportunity for those businesses to meet other startup businesses and maybe they can collab. And so like the idea was genius and it was still, it's still being used today. But the CEO of that company is nuts because he, <laughs> <laughs> he started this company and then he was like, this is the foundation, the way of life. And all the people that were involved in WeWork, including the, the staff were invited to these yearly rave parties. And basically what he was doing was that he was, uh, taking out loans for th that he couldn't repay. So the business mm. on paper and because of the loans looked like it was worth billions of dollars. And so investors kept investing into his business because on paper it was doing so well. But as the documentary was explaining that you don't have to show your return 
to show the worth. And so the return wasn't coming back to what he was spending. And a lot of the spending was for, for him, not for the business. Mm. And so eventually he got into a lot of legal trouble when big investors were not backing him any longer when they didn't see a good enough return. And that whole thing just spiraled. And it's like, it's nuts how you can have such a great idea. But the person behind that idea was like very, like he felt like it felt like it was, he was starting his own cult but he wasn't necessarily. He was just like building a brand, and that was nuts in and of itself. But a very interesting documentary, and mm. um, we wanted to watch it uh, because Apple TV Plus came out with a show called We Crashed, and it's basically a dramatized version of this documentary um, starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Okay. Well, Have you started watching that too? No, we haven't started watching it yet, but we got to the documentary first. So it's on Hulu if you're interested. Um, but uh, And the last thing we watched uh, is a crazier documentary called Our Father. Have you heard about this? I heard of it, but I, I don't know the whole the whole premise of it. So <clears throat> I'll read you the, the, the byline of it. It says, after a woman's at-home DNA test reveals multiple half-siblings, she discovers a shocking scheme involving donor sperm and a popular fertur- uh, fertility doctor. And basically what this fertility doctor was doing was inserting his own sperm into these women instead of either, either random sperm or the sperm that was used by their husband. Like he was he was using his own instead. And so realistically, in order because the semen needs to be at a certain time frame before the woman, the woman would be prepped and ready to go. He would go into his office, pleasure himself, put it in a tube, put it in a vial and like in the syringe and then insert it into the woman. And he was doing this for years and nobody knew about it. Yeah. He has all these babies. So at so fast forward to today, so far they have counted 96 children in counting that he – and so like they don't know how many are there because they don't know how many times he's done this. And to me, more. it could be, be more. And the, the, the documentary only gets to about maybe 40. Or so people like we didn't even get to hear from all the children. It was basically the first one who started it. And this whole documentary is about basically having this guy pay for his crimes. But the problem is, is that because this is new, there's no laws per se that's against this. So it's morally wrong and everyone understands that. But as far as a, you know, a federal standpoint and like there's nothing against what he's doing, like there's nothing written on paper saying per se that like that's wrong because technically the woman had did sign up for the first the the fertility treatment but, but it's not the one that she picked though because right. i'm assuming they pick it up that has to be the issue yes but there was nothing against that because it's never been done that's never happened before at least never happened that they know of before so so maybe medical malpractice oh. is at the very least yeah. The, the, there was the, there is a lot in this documentary that it, it's it's it's, an, it's it's like it's wild, man. It's like what is going on? And then like I don't want to give it away, but the last 15 minutes of it, I there was like I don't audible gasp out loud often. 
I was, <laughs> but I, I was there for that. <laughs> I, I was literally just like, oh shit! Like I literally said that out loud, and I was like, oh my god! Like what they revealed at the end of that, I was like, that is really, really worse than half of the stories that we we heard and it's just you're really selling it man i i mean i I, I gotta watch it now it's good though it's like it's it's terrible it's so bad i mean that sounds that sounds horrific but it does remind me of that movie with uh, vince vaughn oh my gosh what's the hell the name of it the one where he oh delivery man delivery man where it was a comedy though yeah it was a comedy (laughs) of him donating a lot to a sperm bank and they used like almost all of his samples. He had like over a very similar, like in a it, very similar, but in a in a more positive, joking way, not a horrific bad person way. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely way different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the the uh, one of the big themes that I had I was talking to Megan about during this documentary, and what they actually said in the documentary as well was that because he was a popular fertility doctor in this small town of i think indianapolis i believe that the most of the people that were discovering that they were siblings were all in the same area so as more siblings were being revealed that they had the common thread was hopefully this is not someone that i had dated or someone that i had slept with or someone that i've had any sort of relations with or even worse my own husband or own wife that you that you are t- with right now if you met them in this area and it's like that is a scary thought mm. like that was like my first initial reaction i was like oh my gosh yeah it's 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 a horrifying documentary <laughs> it's, crazy. it's like the whole time you're just thinking about it just like I, I i couldn't imagine like and so like it's weird because it's a high a lot probability of... it's a really high probability too it, no no it is <laughs> Oh my gosh! And and the the crazy part about this is like again they don't know until they do the DNA test. So if you have any suspicions, a lot of these people the the reason why they took a DNA test because they said I don't look like my family, I don't look mm-hmm. like the other members. Like something's off about it. Um, they also have um uh, uh medical issues that other family members never had in their lives. So then they. Mm-hmm. Then they do the research, do the DNA test, and they realize that you were not, you know, that's not your real father, technically, biologically. Mm. And oh it's it's insane. It's on Netflix, Our Father. It's it's an interesting documentary. Yeah, it I, looks like it's just an it's just like it's like a movie. It's just like an hour and a half. Hour that's 37. my That's my favorite documentary right there. Like I don't I don't <laughs> I, I don't now now we know your style. Just horrific, <laughs> horrific horrific people who do no, hor- hor- horrible things. No, as long the as time contained in, as long as it's contained in one episode, it can be as horrible as it as it needs to be. <laughs> Like I'm not asking for much, but like I like my documentaries 90 minutes to two hours. That's I don't need a four hour uh, like seven episode spread on the subject. Wasn't like, that what? What did we do? Night Stalker. When we did Night Stalker with Jacqueline, that one was like that. That was that was an intense documentary. <laughs> but you know what? I don't mind like four episodes. That's fine. It's the, it's the ones that are like eight episodes long, an hour each. I'm like, how much story is there really? 
Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like we don't we don't need that much story on it. I, like I how like much are you sh- dragging us out? Exactly, exactly. But yeah, that's a crazy documentary. Um, anyway, that's all I've been watching. Um, so now we're gonna dive into our uh, spoiler review of the week, which is Top Gun Maverick. Um, before we get started, I do want to briefly talk about the original Top Gun, uh, since this was an Esther and I's first time watching the movie, as well as Kellyanne. You are a big fan of Top Gun, so what was the why was it such like a, a memorable movie for you? What was what was the hook for you to make it like one of your favorite films? Uh, you know, it really is just uh, kind of a film that I grew up watching. So my dad loved the movie, um, and we would we would always watch it or have it on in the background while we were setting up our Christmas tree. So it's not really a Christmas movie, but I associate it to be one just because it's kind of something that like my family always did. Uh, my dad even put in surround sound in our home just so he could experience the full effect of Smart the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's also just like one of those movies that like made me like Tom Cruise, because obviously before that I haven't really watched a lot of his movies. Um, and so watching Top Gun loved him. He was great. And um, it's just a really cool movie the music is great the storyline is great it's funny though watching it back now as i get older i'm like there are some really cheesy scenes in this Mm. movie and like there was one point i was like wow that was cheesy i like said out loud i was like oh yeah this movie is very cheesy (laughs) yeah um ernesto what about you for watching it for the first time and it's kind of the same question for myself whenever we get there but like you're kind of watching under a different lens because of this new movie that's coming out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but like I found myself just it just had a I, like I like '80s movies like that, like you know, like Revenge of the Nerds, like all those all those other great '80s movies. But it just it had that similar feeling, and I, I was just here for it. The opening sequence in the beginning, you know, him riding his motorcycle, just kind of like trying to be a badass. I don't know. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. You know, and the, the storyline wasn't like overly complicated. It was very it's very simple to follow. Like it was more about the action sequences and. I, I don't know. I, I was here for it. It was it was funny. Like it, it was it was like a little bit. Of, it was a little bit of everything, but it wasn't like over the top. Yeah, I feel I I, I didn't like it as much as mm. as like the fan base <laughs> would be. Like I feel like I feel like me saying Super that cheesy, is very though. But I like. It but is, I guess I, I I was here for the cheesiness of it. Yeah, yeah and, and and maybe I wasn't as much into the cheesiness because the whole time and now it's different because like you're a little bit older when you're watching these movies. Um, like if I would maybe have watched it at a younger age, I might have a different appreciation for like some of the cool aerial, you know, airplane scenes and stuff like that. But watching it and you know, you know me and Ernesto, I'm a big story first type of guy, and there wasn't much there. Yeah, it's that... more of like a, a character story, like you know what it's like to go through the whole Top Gun thing. Like it's not about it's not about like solving a mission or you know it was more of localized to to what was happening just in the school right right and uh i feel like there was a lot of moments in there that didn't really make a lot of sense to me of why have these in these scenes in there just for the sake of just having them in there like obviously a very popular scene is the volleyball scene 
aside from just watching shirtless men play volleyball oiled up and showing their abs, I didn't see any. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like story wise, there was no for me, there was like there was no reason for the scene to be here. Like it it didn't didn't need to happen. Um, And I it's funny because Megan's mother loves Top Gun. and We watched the movie with her. Uh, the the new one in theaters with her and uh, I was explaining on the car ride home uh, that was like well the the first movie didn't have like emotion for me like I didn't really buy into the emotional moments that they were trying to portray mm. and and she 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 told me she was like Jesus when you watch a movie you really shit on it it's <laughs> <laughs> she's she, she's like, like fuck you, man I used to enjoy this shit. <laughs> She's like, way to ruin a classic, God. I mean, you weren't sad when Goose died. He's the I, only person who believed in Maverick. So, yes. so, so, okay. So here's the thing with Goose. I love Goose as a character. I think Goose was. I like, don't think Go- you did though. I don't believe no, you. No. <laughs> I don't think you gave a shit about Goose, man. No, I did give a shit about Goose. I liked Goose. Uh, but but my problem was is like I feel like this was very early in Tom Cruise's career, yes. um, and like I I did not buy like the emotional weight that that had on his character as well as again this was early for Meg Ryan as well so like his I feel like his death had very little impact in the first movie. Obviously that changes a lot in the sequel, but in the first movie I never felt that weight and then. Like, I don't know, him throwing his dog tags in the water at the end is like, did, are you saying like you're, you let go of Goose? I don't believe that. He died like two weeks ago. Like, like, I don't know. I feel like that some of the things didn't jive well with me. Um, but there was just a lot of cool scenes to see. Um, I, I was describing this movie as like a bro movie. Whereas like this is like masculinity at its at its highest power here, macho ness. Um, so I understand the appeal of it. I just when I was watching it, I never really got fully invested on in what they were giving. It just seems like they're trying. They were giving you a glimpse of what it's like to be one of these pilots going through this, like going through the emotions with them of of going through the school and like trying to be the best, but also like maybe trying to have some semblance of a normal life. Like, look at Goose. Mm-hmm. He had a family. But then he lost his family. But then Maverick is, like, kind of building a relationship with this, like, science teacher who I don't remember what she was. She was, like, a scientist or a researcher or something. She was something oh, like, yeah. or like an instructor or something that he was building, that he was trying to build a relationship with. And it was, like, him kind of battling those demons. I don't know. I, I was here for it. I, I liked it. But it was simple enough to follow. Like It, it didn't need to be True. this overly complicated thing of, like, let's go kill the enemy. It, it, was, it was very not that at all. <laughs> but, but that's yeah. what I mean. Like it, but, it, but I like that it didn't try to – it didn't even try to be that at all. You got a little bit of it at the very, at the very end with, like, one cool long action sequence with some, with some other fighter jets. Yeah. Did, did Kellyanne, did any of that, like – are you are you disagreeing with everything I'm saying basically, or did or do you did those feelings that the movie wants you to feel resonated with you in that way? So I think that the movie didn't really want to focus too much on like I don't want to say it didn't focus too much on emotion, but I think it's more towards like Ernesto's point of like it wa- it really wanted to focus on the school because only the top one percent of the Navy pilots the top 1% of the class makes it to Top Gun. And so like, it's a very prestigious thing in the Navy. And I feel like they really wanted to focus on that. And obviously 
focus on the fact that even though these pilots do cool things, people can also still die from either training or, you know, being in war or in combat if they, you know, ever did. But for Goose's instance, uh, they probably wanted to highlight that. And I feel like they could have tapped into your heart a little bit more. Maybe they had like a funeral service for him or something like that, uh, or maybe made it a little bit more dramatic the way that he died. But, you know, it's kind of just like, I agree. You know, he died, kind of moved on. But like, obviously, like with with Maverick, Goose was always still with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, I think it was definitely just kind of showing like what Top Gun is, who Top Gun is and like what kind of they do in a sense of like the training aspect Mm -hmm. rather than um, going into what kind of happens in the sequel. Yeah, and so now let's let's now talk about Top Gun Maverick with everything we just said. Kellyanne, I'll go back to you. Um, what were your thoughts kind of rewatching this movie that has been in long development for many years? This movie came out in 1986, the original. Now it's 2022. A lot of time has passed. So what what are your thoughts on Top Gun Maverick? So I was very confused at the beginning um, just because the way that it starts, it's, it's very futuristic. So Tom Cruise, he... Is it's he's the captain um, in the Navy, but he's not really flying in Top Gun anymore. He's kind of doing his own thing, and you see a 10G on his calendar, and so like you see him pull 10Gs. You think that you know he dies, he survives. That's the opening scene, um, and then I'm like, okay, that was kind of weird for an opening, but whatever. Then it gets called back to Top Gun, um, and so I think it, what I really enjoyed is at the so at the end of the first movie he said he would love to instruct like and so like that's what he did in the sequel and so he came back he instructed but he was also still friends with Iceman so it was nice to see that kind of little um interaction in the movie but then also he's teaching these new students and it's more diverse now they have a female you know, they have like all these people and it's so nice to see more diversity because now, you know, the Navy and everybody else is getting more diversity in. So it's really cool to see, like, especially for the young generation that may be going to watch this movie. I can do that. You know, like I can go fly like pilot. I can fly fighter jets. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And then kind of just like everything that has progressed. I really enjoyed some of the moments where in the bar and one of the earlier scenes where all the new recruits come or all the new Top Gun students come into the bar and Tom Cruise is there and he's talking to Penny and then Goose's son, Rooster, comes into the bar and they're playing the song. Mm -hmm. And so it's just it's nice to see that connection. It's also nice to see a little connection of the the volleyball scene but now in in football and Tom kind of explains why they're doing it because they're building a team. Yeah. So like in the first movie, they didn't explain it. They, it was just like that scene that they typically did in the eighties. But like now they explain like I'm trying to build a, a team. So it was nice to have like little connections from the previous movie into this movie, but still doing it like in its own way. Mm. Um, and I will say I, I cried like probably four times in the movie. And I didn't cry. I don't think I've ever cried in top, like watching the first movie, but I definitely cried, um, watching the sequel. Wow. 
there's i mean I, I agree with you there's a lot more emotion in this movie it's it, it's definitely purposefully pulling on your heartstrings when it definitely does and say a few uh, a couple of things ernesto what were your thoughts on top gun maverick um i really enjoyed this one i thought the i thought the opening scene was you know it was fun like kind of like a futuristic way i'm not sure i know I've, I've read that he was you know tom cruise was very big on doing practical effects but i'm not i don't know what the practicality is with that fucking spaceship that he was flying <laughs> in the beginning of the movie like he put on that helmet i was like he's getting into a spacecraft like, like, i don't know it was fun and then you know it was a it led up to that funny scene where he walks into the bar with that, <laughs> He asked a little. He goes, "Where am I?" He goes, "Earth." <laughs> <laughs> that was a brilliant written scene. It yeah, was, it was funny. It was hilarious. Beautiful was, setup. I thought it was great. Yes, very much so. <laughs> but it, but it, it gave very similar. I feel like it took the first one and it, what was great from the first one, and it elevated it in this one. Like it's, like we dealt with more serious tones, but there was still a lot of lightheartedness. Like that opening scene. Well, when he first gets the team together and they do the the challenge for the 200 push-ups, like what a great scene that was of him just like really establishing like how good of a pilot he is and that he's not just some old guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I I will say I did expect someone from the team to die during the mission. I felt like I expected a, maybe a little bit higher stakes than that, but they went for the happier ending, which uh, mm-hmm. which I, I was okay with. Um, I thought. The amount that they had Val Kilmer in there was just enough, considering that he is dealing exactly he is dealing with. Um, I, I'm actually don't I, don't I know he has some he has some medical issues, but I'm not it, I don't remember exactly what it is. It's basically it's it's throat cancer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, and the fact that he was able to, and I almost felt like when him and him and Tom Cruise were talking, like he was almost thanking him for like coming on to the movie. It felt mm-hmm. like it felt very real. Like it felt like a very real conversation that we were having, seeing that he actually stood up and was able to deliver those lines, like considering everything that he's going through. Well, I, I did some research on that because I was confused of why that scene kind of looked and played out that way. Um, and it said that uh, they used artificial intelligence technology to recreate his voice using old recordings. So, oh, so it wasn't so he, actually him. Well, I mean, it was. It's yes. probably – yeah, but in a past – so like he he actually didn't speak those words basically. Ah, um, okay. In in that scene, but regardless, the fact that he was in the movie and was able to do this despite his condition, as well as I think if I if I think I read another article that Tom Cruise insisted that Val Kimmer was in the movie. Um, and well, he's so a big I, part of the plot. Like he 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 very much yeah. is helped progresses the story along. I mean they they have scenes where it's just Tom Cruise texting him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they made great use of his uh, involvement in the movie as much yeah. as they can. Yeah. Well, they did really well, like making it seem. I didn't. At least I didn't catch it that he didn't Neither actually did I. say yeah. to, that he didn't say. It. Like I didn't think. I didn't think. I literally thought he said it. I didn't think anything of it. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, like the practical effects were. I mean, apps. They were incredible. Like um, he actually. I read their New York Times has this article where he that he put them through like three months of flight school just so they can feel the actual effects. And then those in-camera cockpit, like those shots of them in the cockpit, and you see their face going through all those things, like that actually happened. That was them actually flying around. So I yeah, thought that... It, so 
go ahead. It's it's the real G. So like the whole ten G thing in the beginning at the end of the movie when like they're pulling the ten Gs. Like I thought that was like a nice like wrap up from the beginning to the end. But like right, like you said, like when their faces like go like that, that like they get pulled down. It's the effect of pulling Gs. And so like props to him for being like fifty or however old he is and pulling actual yeah almost 60 and pulling actual g's like what does this man not do (laughs) that's that's like like a question amount of stress that that puts on your body like you are not a young man tom cruise (laughs) (laughs) no no and he's like we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it well yeah Uh, side 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 sideline did you see the the trailer for for the new mission impossible Mm -hmm. so you know where he actually jumps off the 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 uh the motorcycle into the canyon yeah he actually did that like yeah yeah that's another real like that is this man is crazy like (laughs) no the insurance policy that tom cruise has on himself has to be and also what the the production company paramount has to pay to make sure like hey you imagine that meeting Hey, Mr. Mr. Cruz, we we have ten other stunt doubles that look exactly like you. Do you mind using one of those? Nah, I got no, we're shit. I got this. They're like, all right, this is her meaning. She's like, all right, all right, Tom, let me pour a drink. <laughs> what are you doing in this movie? <laughs> I, I feel like so I have a lot of behind the scenes that I'll get to later on, and uh, when we're discussing them. But uh, basically, what I gathered is like Tom Cruise basically had every creative control in this movie, and all these other people were just assisting him in making his reality come true. Um, because like, yeah, you had a director, but was he calling the shots? No, it was Tom Cruise. Tom it was Cruise's him. Movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I am Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> he, but he is though. He no, is. He Maverick. really is Maverick. But he, but he is. <laughs> Like, that's not, yeah, he's calling himself Maverick in the movie, but that's really Tom Cruise, 100%. And I, just aside, I will also say, like, seeing this movie in Dolby was just a beautiful touch. This was a perfect movie to see in that, that epic surround sound. I, I, I'll have to say that this movie, now, despite, like, I wasn't 100% on board with the original Top Gun, but this movie made me on board with the original Top Gun. Like, I think. Like Ernesto, you were saying, this movie kind of elevated on a lot of the building blocks that the first movie had to offer. They 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 paid homage to literally recreating the opening scene of the movie of the original and putting it in here, and then also including Danger Zone in there. How could uh, you not? I, right yeah, I at, at this point. <laughs> to the danger zone. Danger zone. Look at you. I love that, Matt. You committed to it. I did. (laughs) How can you not, right? It's very catchy. I was watching watching a video that was kind of making fun of it. It's like, this song is so epic that they used it three different times in the movie. And I was like, like, no, you're not wrong. (laughs) And they they did. Uh, But I like how they kind of like – this movie – gave the moments that needed to have their moments. They gave the, the moments that they wanted to pay homage to the original, they did that. The moments where they really wanted to focus on the emotional stories um, and like character moments, they did that. The moments where they want you to literally be at the edge of your seat watching these these realistic, uh, these real planes doing these real stunts, and you're like, someone's going to die. 
in this yeah. scene. It's like they I think they did a really good job of creating tension. I'll have to say it's been a really long time where I because I had I was in the theater that had the recliner chairs, you yeah. know, and for the most part, I was like just chilling. But the final 30 minutes of that, I, I put it to the upright position I, could, Very excited. I, I was like oh, guys guys hold on i gotta i gotta put my chair up on this one this this is intense and the fact that you know that they were actually doing those stunts to me that just elevates the movie theater experience like this is the reason why we go see movies on the big screen mm-hmm. like when you when you start pulling stuff like that it's hard to say well i watched that at home it's like that's nice but did you watch it in the big screen that that's how it was made for that was what it was made for um, I, th- I thought, like, say what you want about Tom Cruise, he, c- he can make one hell of a movie um, when he really puts – and when he puts his mind to it and really – you can feel a lot of heart that went into this movie. Like, a lot of love went into this. And uh, some of the problems that I had with the first movie um, was really dealt with in the sequel, and that's why I, I really appreciate it. Specifically with Goose, I liked how this movie was still, like – Tom, like Maverick was still grieving over the loss of Goose. He never really got over it, which I felt like at the end of the first Top Gun, he kind of like literally threw his dog tags in the ocean. was like, thank you for helping me through this. But after all these years, he's still that that moment still lives with him for living with that guilt. You know, I mean, yeah. he killed he, he feels like he killed his best friend. Like he, he like he broke this family apart. Like he probably, you know, he feels guilty for all of it. He feels. Resp- and as we saw in the movie, he felt responsible for Rooster. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, even though like we later find out that that was his mother's decision to like pull his papers. Um, and he was like that. Well, Penny was like, did you ever tell him that his mother wanted to? He was like, why am I going to make let him be mad at two people? He's already mad at me. Yes. So like he was doing a favor for for the for his mother, but I, I think deep down he probably did it for himself as well. Like, you know, he said he pushed back his career by four years, but then he still went to Top Gun and still was the n- number one in his class. And so these other ones, um, I feel like the story was, it, it was I think it was just a better story. It's like it it brought a lot of emotion and nostalgia and just intensity to like what was kind of a cheesy movie in the eighties. And then they, they kind of gave it some, some weight to it with the sequel. But what, what I think they did with like the whole goose and rooster storyline, they established humility for him to make you see why he was the best pilot because he, all the decisions he makes up there, they weigh on his mind forever, regardless of all the, the crazy shit, the wild a pilot that they say that he is that he is he does weigh all his actions and decisions up there it like weighs on him forever i think them establishing that really set up for why he is maverick why he is the that you know the, the great pilot that he is yeah Kelly, i know like you? this movie like well yeah so i was gonna say like going off of like a little i guess what obviously everyone loves in a movie is like a romance scene and so like in the first top gun like you had maverick and charlie and they had a great relationship and so like i guess one thing that i wish i would have seen from the sequel is to know what happened with that relationship mm. because they mm. focus completely on that in the first movie in terms of like the romance aspect of the movie they completely focused on that relationship and so they didn't really mention it so then when this new girl penny came in i was like who's this chick like i like there's no there's no backstory on that so i think that's the only thing that i feel like the movie could have done better with but in the end 
at the same time, like it was, it was a phenomenal movie. It was completely realistic in the sense of like real flying and just seeing the past of like goose and now his son into rooster and seeing how like Tom still had a ton of regrets, but still ended up flying and being a great instructor and leading the successful mission at the end. Uh, so actually there is a little bit of context to who Penny was. If you remember at the beginning of Top Gun, and I actually picked up on it very quickly because I just watched the movie. Um, but at the beginning of the original Top Gun, her name was referenced when mm. Cougar, when Cougar was, uh, when he talked to, I don't know, his, I always see him as Professor Strickland from Back to the Future, uh, but he was, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. you're talking about, yeah. Um, but he, that, one of the pilots went to him after the opening scene was like, I can't fly anymore, I have a family to think about, and he walks out. So then he calls oh, in Maverick, yeah. he calls in Maverick and Goose and be like, hey, Cougar left, and because of some, because I have no other choice, you guys are going to Top Gun. But before that, he made a line saying that, um, like, Maverick, you're reckless. You've done all these things, including um, dating the Admiral's daughter. And then Goose goes to Maverick and was like, is that Penny Benjamin? And he goes, yeah, that's her. And then they mm. continue with they continue with the with the scene. That was the only reference that there was to that character. And then they brought her to life with Jennifer uh, uh, Connelly in uh, in this movie. Mm, then that's a ni- that's a nice tie-in. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, I missed it, but that is best. So yeah, so I I but I do agree with you. I think at least a mention of what happened to Charlie, that relationship, we can maybe assume that since in the movie they said that or Maverick said that he only lasted two months mm. as an instructor for Top Gun and then kind of did his own thing after that. So we can maybe assume that. He went. He got back with Charlie. Two months went by. They broke up again, and then he continued his life. And maybe it was one of those lost loves. But at least a mention would have been nice. I yeah. agree with you yeah. on that. Um, but I, I think to to me that a lot of this movie was predicated on like three things. One, the action packedness of of this movie. Um, I think that they did a really good job storytelling wise of, uh, you know, prepping us for this final scene. Like we we understood the weight behind it, we understood the stakes behind it. We un- we got to know our characters, so then when they're put in this mission, we actually feel for them. And then at the very end, we're like, I think Maverick's gonna die, guys. I, I think I he's it too. yeah right. That yeah. like they it almost felt fitting, and they did it technically of like Maverick's gonna die saving Rooster, right? That that seems to be yep. where this movie was going to now. Going off of that, do you believe that's how the movie should have ended? Uh, Ernesto, I'll start with you on that question. Uh, kind of related with what I was saying from the very beginning. I think I think it would have hit harder. It would have had a, a much, maybe a little bit more of a somber end, ending. But I think it would still would have been a great ending. Like, cause, cause then in this, he's passing that torch on to Miles Teller. Like they did a good job of setting him up to be the next great pilot. You know, and then learn and learning from Maverick, and then you know he he commits the ultimate sacrifice. He goes back and he survives, but Maverick would have dying. Like I don't know, it would. I felt like it would have hit a little harder. I it does feel like that. That's where, like I said, the movie was heading, and because there was such emotional weight behind it and the guilt that Maverick had, they feel like the only way that he could release himself of that guilt is if he sacrificed himself. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, Kellyanne, what are your thoughts? Do you think Maverick should have died in this movie? 
Um, you know, it would it would have been really hard for me to handle Maverick dying. Um, but I like I thought that that's what was going to happen because you know he killed his father, and so for him to kind of do this heroic thing and and save Rooster, but you know instead he doesn't die. I mean, I'm very happy and um, glad I didn't shed like completely cry i still shed a tear like that was one of my four tears that i had shed (laughs) expecting him to die um but then he didn't but then what i also really enjoyed was like through the entire movie like rooster was not wanting anything to do with maverick and then all of a sudden you're about to see tom cruise die and rooster comes in to save tom cruise and it's just like that heroic moment and you hear like everyone in the like theater cheering and so like that was a really awesome moment to see and now these two people these two pilots have to get out of enemy territory and so i'm very glad that he didn't die i thought that they were both going to die at that point when they were in enemy territory uh and then just to see the continuation of how they got out um and like a nice little twist when they were searching the hangars in the enemy territory they had a a tomcat F14. So that was really cool to see. It, th- that scene after like they got together and I think I think obviously it was that moment when basically they both saved each other and then literally Tom Cruise is running up to him and just pushes him down. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And he's, and he's like, "I wasn't thinking." He's like, "That's what you told me to do." And he's like, oh, y- "Yeah, okay. All right. You're right. <laughs> you're, yeah, you did. You t- fine. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get, let's get out of here." Um, and I feel like the movie went like very quickly. It was to me it was a little bit jarring. It went from like intense, emotional to like happy and like a little bit like silly in a way because the 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 uh, back and forth between them was very comical until like then they have to go sneakily into en- enemy territory and then again the funny scene is like there's people over there uh-huh yep and over there it's like yep yep just keep keep walking let's keep walking let's keep moving keep moving. um and then like okay now we have this old relic of a of a of a of a airplane. It's like, are we gonna fly this thing? It's like, sure, hell we are, cause cause we gotta bring it back home to the eighties. Um, cause people in that theater's gonna love this shit, and that's why we're gonna do yeah. that. The old man <laughs> find the old plane, the old and reliable plane, just that's... like me, old and reliable. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, and also like at the very end, where again, where we think they're gonna die. There's a lot of moments where like they're all dead now, right? Yeah. They're gonna die now, and then Hangman comes in there, super in to save his cocky way to save the day um uh what uh going back a little bit to some of the characters we met in the in the movie uh do you think that each i what do you think of like the team itself do you think that that was like uh, uh kellyanne you were talking about how it was very diverse and well representative of the team that they were building do you feel like they were able to replicate those like camaraderie moments that was in the first movie or do you think they did a little bit better um i think in the beginning, they definitely showcased kind of their personalities. Um, I don't think that they focused enough on the new team. I think it was kind of more just like focused on what Maverick was trying to do. Like mm-hmm. they did show their personality a little bit, uh, but for the most part, I don't think that they focused a lot on the team in terms of like their lives and like kind of how they interact with each other besides like, the beginning couple of scenes. My favorite was, what's your name? Bob. 
Bob, what'd you call sign? Bob. Uh, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> like, just simple stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so you were able to pick up on his personality, but then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, like, it's, it's basically just talking about, or basically showing Tom and um, Maverick's kind of course of the entire movie. And, and also, I think it's kind of cool that, like, they, at the beginning, they presented Bob as, like, the weakest link in the group. And he was the one to carry out the final mission um, with Phoenix. And they almost died there, too, which I thought would have been, uh, you know, kind of a callback to when Goose passed away in, in the training montage or the training session. So um, they definitely upped up the stakes here. Uh, but, Kelly, and you said you weren't too much of a fan of the romance that they brought into this movie. Like, you you liked it more in the first movie than you did in the second one between Tom Cruise and, yeah. and, and Penny? Yeah, I just think um, there was a little bit more. You could see the buildup to the relationship in the beginning, in the first movie, rather than the second movie. The second movie, you just kind of have to know, like you said, who Penny is based off of one line that was said very yeah. early on. Uh, because otherwise, you're just sitting there like, who is this girl? She has a kid. Like, what's the relationship? And so, like, you kind of just, like, you know, need to know and kind of recognize, like, who this girl is and like they do show like what I really enjoyed was when Tom was sneaking out of the house and um, <laughs> the girl was like don't break her heart and so like that was nice to see like old like a like a younger person telling you know like an older person like I you know like I know what's happening here and like I really care for my mom so you know like please don't break her heart again but I, I don't think that it had the lead up like we saw in the first film mm. Ernesto what about you do you think did you buy into the to the romance that was in this movie uh, I think it was just because maybe because he's older and then this is like the first time Tom Cruise has had like an older and like all his movies he's usually was like a really young love interest but this is somebody who's like relatively within his same age range so I think it's like they were going for more like an older experience in love kind of paying attention to that in that exact scene that Kellyanne was, was talking about. But I think with the team, and I think this is also why they didn't kill Tom Cruise, I feel like they're going to give us another one. I feel like maybe we're <gasps> going to get... I feel like maybe there might be... Like, seeing how successful this one be, maybe in, a, in up down the line we could see a third one because then we can see more involvement from the other team now that the, this elite team has already been established like doing like a a mission impossible for but for top gun you see i, I, I kellyanne may disagree with me on this but i don't want to see another movie i think i think <laughs> so as so as a story as a story standpoint i think they did everything they needed to do in this movie they created stakes the tension like a lot was put into this movie emotionally and i feel like his journey maverick's journey is over here um if they were to make a sequel i don't believe tom cruise should be in it they should focus on a new class and therefore um that just like it to me you're just sequelizing the brand of top gun yes instead of bringing back you know tom cruise but tom cruise is one of the biggest parts of this movie and probably the reason why i liked it so much because of the craziness of what he is and the meaningfulness of the character so i i as much as i would love to see another movie like this um i don't think i don't think they should do it mm. 
Wow. That. that I mean, you know, I could totally see that. Like they they ended the movie perfectly. Like it was a, it was a nice bow tie to the series, and so that that was nice. But I could also see them, Ernesto, like you said, and so that gave me a little hope that there could be another Top Gun, <laughs> maybe focusing on Rooster and mm-hmm. maybe the challenges that he went through growing up. Maybe oh. you know, like with with uh, his dad being in Top Gun, eventually, you know, like. Uh, dying because of Maverick and then going through the Naval Academy and getting his papers pulled and then eventually going through Top Gun and maybe see like, uh, you know, like years down the road being in Top Gun, how that would progress for him if he eventually has a love interest, finds a family. So I could totally see them doing that route. But yeah, Tom Cruise is a big seller to the Top Gun. But I feel like now that they have this established, they could totally do another one. I, I can easily see Top Gun Rooster. Like, done. That's yeah. the title. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the continuation of the team, but maybe not kill Tom Cruise so he can come back and make cameos. Like, he, he can just pop yeah. in, like, hey, Maverick's back. And he just. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think, again, Tom Cruise is a big part of this movie. Even that scene where he was basically told to, like, hey, you're done here. Um, and they, John Hamm, which was another great addition to this, to the movie. He's so good. Uh, he, he's a very good actor and he, um, was telling the team that we're going to be taking this a lot slower now. Um, realistically, our timelines moved up and then he steals a million dollar fighter jet and goes and runs the course in a minimal amount of time that's required. And basically, basically replicating the same thing he did at the beginning of the movie where he was like, I need to perform this stunt so we can move on with the mission that was required. And we're not going to get rid of this program. So they said, we're doing nine G's, but I'm going to do a 10. And it was a great moment where he, where they get to 10 and you see him thinking and you're like, I, I can push it. And then like the guys in the control hangar was like, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it, Tom. Don't, or Maverick, don't do it. Um, and then he pulls the 10.1, 10.2. And I think it was a good scene with um, Ed Harris uh, after in the aftermath of it all. Is like you, all you do is buy them time. Like this is a dying system. And basically kind of like old with the new. Like old, old ways versus the new technology and the realistic of all of this. And so I think that was – I think it was a good opening scene and just kind of showcasing why Maverick is – the way that he is as a character, he's a loose cannon, but he gets the job done. Um, and I, and I think it's kind of funny again, going back to then John Hamm having the scenes, like I'm very conflicted Maverick. I, you know, I I should, you should be court-martialed. You should be out of here, but you're also the only man to do the job. So congratulations. You're the leader now. God damn it. I hate this. (laughs) Um, but yeah, there was a there was a speaking to its success, um, and I think this is quite interesting. Um, its original release date was supposed to be July twelfth, two thousand nineteen. It was released. It would have been released one week after Spider-Man: Far From Home, which was the second one back to, in twenty nineteen, and it would have been released one week before um, The Lion King as well. So sandwiched right in between two blockbusters. In August of twenty eighteen, around two months into filming, its release was pushed back to June twenty sixth, twenty twenty, and then. Because of COVID, it got delayed numerous amount of time before finally being released on May 27, 2022, meaning the film was released nearly three years from its original release date and four years from the time filming began. So if you look at these press junkets, these actors are talking about an experience they had nearly four years ago. Um, But that being said, Top Gun... Uh, soared through Top Gun Maverick soared through all expectations on track to make 151 million dollars over the Memorial Day weekend 
Um, it's the highest grossing domestic debut in Tom Cruise's 40 year career. And it's his first film to surpass a hundred million dollars on its opening weekend as 40 years of Tom Cruise. And it's crazy to think that he has not succeeded over a hundred million dollars yeah. opening winning box office. But do you feel Ernesto, I'll start with you that the sure success of this movie has everything to do with timing or do you think like was it is it top gun is it tom cruise is it when this movie was released obviously during memorial day weekend like why do you think a lot of people want to go see this movie in theaters i think it was all the above it was just a perfect storm we've been waiting for so long people love tom cruise movies it was it being on a holiday weekend was it was an extra added bonus and the significance of it being released during Memorial Day weekend, it being a, a movie about the military. Like when I went, my theater was packed and it was a lot of people who are older. A lot of you can see a lot of people with their veteran hats, like watching the movie. Like, uh, I, I mean, it was it was just it was everything all involved. But I think that it was worth the wait. And I think like once people started seeing it. Like, people are now starting to talk about it. Like, the word is starting to spread. Like, I've told, like, two or three people, like, like yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. They're like, oh, I wasn't going to see it now, but I think I'm going to go see it. So, like, that is starting to spread now. Kelly, what about what about you? The Like, the one's a lot – sorry, when was the last time you went to the theater? Uh, I, think that's, I think you're a good uh, metric there um, as opposed to you going to – like, need to see this movie. So, it's funny because I feel like I'm not a big go-to-the-movie uh theater and really see a movie the last movie that i saw was actually the lion king back in 2019 wow so, wow <laughs> yeah in in theater so it has been a hot minute but i as soon as like the tickets went on sale i got them i was so excited to see this movie and, and i have to agree with ernesto like i think it's just a perfect combination of everything you have it on memorial day weekend uh even though a lot of people probably have plans like it's top gun they've been waiting years to see it they can finally see it and also like I feel like it has just a huge following. When I was at the movie theater, so many people wearing Top Gun shirts. Like, mm. not even, like, their military hats, but, like, Top Gun shirts. So, like, I feel like it just had a huge following. And so, like, the fact that people can go out and see it and potentially even knowing that this is – these are real jets. These are real people doing these things. And it's not just some animated thing. Like, I feel like it really – captivated the audience to know that like this is completely real yeah I, and i think that had a big part to do with it um and i i mean basically everything you guys were saying i uh, this is the first movie that i actually felt like like yes like in, in a long time i feel the last time i felt this um was a little bit with spider-man no way home but realistically even before that was avengers endgame obviously two superhero properties but like the list that, those are the last two times where i'm literally at the edge of my seat fully immersed into a movie and uh there was an article that i was reading that it said that top uh marvel i'm sorry tom cruise has pulled off one of his one of his most daring stunts yet and it was getting people to go to the movies uh, that's not getting people to go to a movie theater f that's not a superhero movie and <laughs> and i and i think that's hilarious because the last couple of big opening weekends went to the batman doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and then spider-man all superhero films the fact that literally the presence of tom cruise and everything around that was he was able to be the one to be like come watch my movie in theaters and people cave in droves um i think it's something to do with it well, I, I would have to mildly disagree 
only because okay. I think that yeah they may not be fictional characters but these are talking about real heroes like this is in essence they're giving you a narrative about real heroes who exist in our society who have to do all this crazy shit (laughs) yeah and and i feel like with with that and again it's rich history of top gun um were the many reasons why a lot of people came to watch this movie and also just like when you're there you are not disappointed. Like you, you no. get you get an experience when you go watch that movie. And like I said, it's been a while since I was like fully immersed, like putting the seat up and like I gotta I gotta pay fully attention to this because we're building up to something. The music in this movie was downright incredible for these action sequences. I also think that it was a very, at least for me, it was a very engaging theater experience. Like mm. people in the theater, like all laughing together, people like gasping mm-hmm. together. Like it was, you got a lot of that community involvement and that always will elevate the movie itself because you're having a communal experience with other people at the exact same time. Oh, absolutely. And then also you have those emotional moments where like Kelly, I'm not sure where your other three tier moments were, <laughs> but one of them for me when he was like, like it's a simple line, just talk to me, Goose, and you're like, yeah, talk to him, Goose, just say, say anything, just anything. It was, it was. Or when he's like, talk to me, Dad, while he's oh to yes, get oh. out of the mission. Like, yeah. come on, pull out the hard string. Yes. Yeah, when he said that, that that got me a little bit. I was like, okay, okay, just be a man, be a man. You're playing football <laughs> or something. <It's>, uh... <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and so there was a lot to love about it. There's actually a couple of behind the scenes stuff that we kind of mentioned, but I had looked into and I think attributed to this movie's big success. Um, Tom Cruise's involvement in this movie was predicated on the condition that they would, that they would real use real aircraft being used in aerial sequences, not CGI. He insisted there would be minimal green screen and CGI aerial shots in the film. Even the close up cockpit shots are uh, taken during real in flight sequences. This meant that much of the cast had to undergo extensive G-force training sessions to withstand the physical demands of the G-force pressures during flight. Uh, we kind of mentioned this before. Tom Cruise personally designed a three-month aviation training course for new actors to become ready to handle riding in an F-18. Uh, the actors playing pilots not only had to film themselves, uh, turning the camera on and off, they had to... Uh, touch up their own makeup, adjust their lighting, handle their own sound. The director had to wait on the ground for hours sometimes for the actors to come back with the footage. Adjustments were made after viewing the footage, and the actors would have to go back up there and do it all over again. So there's a lot of... Like, I was watching a video, and there's a lot of trust that the director had on these actors because you had to do all that. So, like, you're, you're playing behind the scenes, setting the scene up for yourself, and then, then performing it. And basically, because a lot of the acting is with your eyes, with the goggles. and mm-hmm. uh, But then, at the same time, I'm sure a lot of it was not acting because you're... <laughs> <laughs> you're actually afraid. <laughs> you're yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this right now. Um this this movie was shot entirely on IMAX certified Sony Venice 6K uh, full-frame cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these cameras were specifically designed for the film in order to shoot the cockpit sequences. The sensor was able to detach itself from the camera body connected by a fiber optic cable, which allows the camera rigs to fit in tight spaces required with the body able uh, with the body ably placed in the jet's mechanics. Oh, so, that's awesome. 
so they were it was really right in there to get that one shot they needed and i don't know again the fact that tom cruise was like yeah you're gonna go through this three-month program uh to be in this movie and then you're gonna fly these planes for real so have fun with that like i felt like he uh, behind the scenes he was maverick like he is yeah but I think that added to the authenticity of the film. That's what made the movie better because when you're watching it, it you it feels authentic. It doesn't feel like you're watching characters sitting in a tube in front of a green screen. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, again, for them, that was realistic. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like you're getting those real-life reactions no matter whether they're acting or not. Um, there was one scene at the very beginning where um, where uh, the, uh, when Tom Cruise pulls the, the futuristic – Plan, forgive me that I don't know the name, but when he goes past Ed Helms, I'm sorry, Ed Harris, and uh, you see the um, that structure um, like collapse or like the little thing that he was on, like the, the roof just fell off. Yeah. I was watching a video and the director said we only had one take, and when when so we had the actors in place, we had the plane go off, and the structure that wasn't planned. It just it le- le- legit <laughs> just the roof just fell off. It destroyed the whole set, and that was our only take we got of it. So I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so even that, so even that plane, or some version of that plane is real. I guess so. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. That's some wild shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it's uh, according to uh, Miles Teller, the cast got to choose their own call signs, um, and so all the, the from the newer cast they chose their own, and he chose Rooster because it was similar to Goose, you know, just yeah. trying to be familiar with the with the main character. Also, according to Miles Teller, they shot more footage in this film than they were than all three Lord of the Rings movies. So wow. just put. Just wow. put that in perspective. Uh, and those movies are like three hours long each. Yeah, exactly. So that's wild. That's crazy. Uh, we, the, the little little fun fact, Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer were the only two actors to reprise their roles. Everyone else was new. We talked about um, Val Kilmer's uh, appearance in this movie. This is a fun little nugget that I found about this movie. I think you guys would enjoy too. The shirtless beach football montage had to have been shot twice because Tom Cruise did not find the first version good enough. The reshoot placed additional pressure on the actors as they got ripped bodies back into sh- to reshoot the scene. <laughs> Cast member Glenn Powell, uh, who played Hangman in the movie, recounted in quote, We shot it, and that night we went out f- for milkshakes and tater tots. That just, just like splurge on everybody, grabbed a beer. They went full, like, we're done with this. Let's go, you know, eat all the unhealthy stuff. A week later, Tom's like, we got to shoot it again. That wasn't good enough we're gonna shoot it again and then everyone's back in the gym again day and night the sequence is it was i can only imagine that night of you just like all right we did the thing let's go eat milkshakes and tater tots tom cruise is watching it he's like you know what it's not sexy enough (laughs) your abs are defined let's do it again He's like, he's like when he's like, he's like spinning the ball. He's like, come on, spray him with the mist. Get him wet. Let's see those abs. Get that oil in there. Get the oil. Get the oil. Spray him. You're not laughing enough. Yeah. Are you not having fun? We're a team. Don't you love each other? We're gonna die together. And they're like, no, I just don't want to get my body crushed by the G's that I have to take out. It's like I just want to eat a donut, Tom. No. <laughs> you want to eat that donut? 200 push-ups. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, during uh, the last the last bit of the movie, uh, the World War II P fifty one Mustang scene in the um, in the in the in the action movie that's Tom Cruise's own airplane. Um, him being an accomplished pilot in real of life, of course. So <laughs> he flew that. It was also another fun fact that so the scene never called for him to fly that plane. It was only supposed to be at the end. And so Jennifer Conley, her only role in that scene was just to be in the plane. And then when they got the scene, Tom Cruise was like, all right, let's go. Let's take her in the air. And she's like, I'm, I'm, what? Like, well, yeah, no, huh? we're, go- we're, we're going in the air. And then they close the thing and they go off. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, she said, I, I think she kept her cool, but I think it was later, she later said that she's deathly afraid of heights. Mm. And so, uh, she was definitely not ready for that because that's not what the scene called for. Uh, but that caused for a really cool ending shot, I guess, for, yeah. for him flying his own plane. Um, and then lastly, the film was dedicated in memory of the original Top Gun director, Tony Scott, who was in the early process of developing a version of a sequel before his death back in 2012. Um, so if they're already considering a sequel back in 2012, you can see how long this development process was to get Maverick, you know, off the ground and actually produced um, Chris, uh, Christopher McCreary, who uh, directed both. Uh, Top Gun, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. The, the, I'm sorry, not Top Gun. Uh, Mission Impossible. Those two movies. Those were. Um, he was a producer and a writer for this movie. And so, if you've seen the the most, the two most recent Mission Impossible movies, those are intense. Yeah, they're great. So, so the fact that he was involved in this one makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, but final thoughts, Kellyanne. I'll start with you. Your final thoughts on Top Gun Maverick. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was an OG Top Gun lover. And so to see that there was more of a mission and to see how uh, there was just a lot of diversity into one of the hardest schools to get into in the military is, is really cool to see. And I liked the little touches that they did to some of the previous movies. So having the opening, having Danger Zone, how could you not? Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't play that, I was going to be very disappointed, but uh, thankfully they did play it. Um, overall, I, I really loved it. I love that everything was basically authentic. Like, even though that they're actors, like, you could just tell that they were under so much stress, like, flying those planes. But that's an actual situation that the people, the actual pilots in Top Gun would go through and so um I, I really enjoyed it and um honestly I hope they come out with another one whether it be mm. with Tom Cruise or they do a spinoff with Miles Teller and, and Brewster and that whole story um definitely was one of the best movies that I have seen in a very long time Ernesto uh it was fun it was a fun movie it was a feel-good movie I would have I would have wanted a, a a little bit of a sadder ending but you know I was happy with the <laughs> With the tip, you know, like a typical happy ending, I think it makes more sense that it came out during Memorial Weekend. It, it, I mean, obviously, this is a dramatized version of what the people in the military go through, but like, in think after you've seen this movie and thinking about like all the shit that they went through in the movie, like, it just makes me have more respect for people in the military and all that they go through in, in trying to defend our nation and all that. It's like, like, imagine putting that kind of stress on your body as your job. Like, that's yeah. your job to go up there and having to deal with that and do whatever is necessary to keep to keep us safe you know mm-hmm. you just you, i don't know i think maybe that was one of the elements because one of the elements they were trying to get across is you know having respect for the military and i think i think it did that 
in a small way. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. And I also agree with you about how I kind of almost wished for a little bit of a, of a sadder ending. And, you know, maybe the death of Maverick, even though I did like what followed afterward when they, you know, technically at the only part of the movie where they actually, him and uh, Rooster actually formed a relationship. Like they were able to finally connect after basically disagreeing throughout this whole movie. Um, but the, but then I also agree with Kellyanne. This is one of the best movies I've seen in a, like a theater movie theater experiences that I had in a in a very long time. That wasn't a Marvel movie or any type of you know um, like this is a movie that was predicated off from another movie. And so like this is like a movie movie. Like it this is yeah. like like not off of anything else aside from it being just a movie. Um, and so I think with that, it, it just holds a, a special place in, in cinema and also the, the length that they went to, to, to the, for the authenticity uh, of this film. Um, I think this one's going to be a hard one to beat. I know Ernesto, I said that, you know, we, we reviewed everything everywhere all at once. And that was number one on the list. We just saw Chip and Dale. I know it's a completely different kind of movie, but I also really enjoyed it for other reasons. And uh, that was like a really good movie. And I put that as number two. And now Top Gun Maverick came out. If we're looking at a top five, I'm running out of fingers here because yeah, now this is like, this is like my number three right now. It's like, we still got a whole nother year to go. And I'm already picking out like some really heavy hitters the last couple of weeks of uh, movies that we've seen. I would like to see this movie nominated for visual effects and cinematography. I'd like to see some mm-hmm. sort of mention of it next year at the Oscars. I'd be very surprised if it's not. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, cinematography, like the amount of the length that they go through and throughout this movie, it's 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 hard not it's it's, it's hard to ignore like yeah. some of the feats that they they went through to achieve a lot of what's going on in this movie. So I agree with you. I hope that they get some recognition at the Oscars next year. Um, but it's going to be hard to top this movie experience uh, in the theaters because this was a like I think the next time you might have this is either you know pro- either if I just looking at what's going on maybe Black Panther Wakanda Forever there's a lot of pressure on that movie um, but then you also have um, you know Mission Impossible that's coming out next summer uh, that looks intense already if you saw the preview for that like he's so it's crazy. just Tom he's <laughs> Like you just like you're you're here to see like what crazy stunt is he gonna do next? I just want to see exa- it. And that and that is the uh, and that is the appeal of what brings everybody back to come see a Tom Cruise movie. I said what crazy shit is he gonna do now? <laughs> Ser- seriously, and like I can only imagine like the the people at Paramount like the headboards of like they just give him a headache. It's like oh my god, he's gonna die in this one. Jesus Christ! <laughs> What's the like insurance just... policy? What's the max? Give it. Yeah, what? <laughs> give it. Give... All of it. Just like okay, we're gonna cancel this movie. Just give the rest of money to tom jesus like, can, okay. can we say no it's like no tom pays bills around here don't <laughs> yeah. say no <laughs> and then it does so well and they're like we're gonna do another one yeah like, yeah oh, there's like guess we're making more <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're just smoking a cigarette it's like oh that son of a bitch did it again <laughs> <laughs> so dangerous <It's> like, <laughs> he truly truly lives in the danger zone that one. Oh yeah. man he's <laughs> Uh, but then isn't like his next movie like he's filming it in space? So all right, let's just do that too. Oh, I that's think, right. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's crazy individual. Okay, what uh, he's but, got, what he's got next is live, die, repeat, and repeat the Edge of Tomorrow sequel, which I'm actually very excited for because I really wait. like the first one with Emily Blunt. It's that's um, what it's called. Live, die, repeat, and repeat. It's oh my god! It's, 
I'm sure. I, I kind of hope it changes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Because we went through very something very similar with the with the title of the first one, even though the yes. movie's good. But the one you're talking about, it's an untitled Tom Cruise slash SpaceX project. So that's I think that's the one. It's actually going to be filmed in space. Um, And then the two Mission Impossibles, Dead Reckoning Part 1 and Part 2. He's filming Part 2 right now. Part 1's in post-production. Okay, yeah. And I believe it's going to be the first movie to actually be filmed in space. And I'm sure that Tom Cruise, the adrenaline junkie that he is, I'm sure he's thrilled to have that accomplishment. He's like, oh, I'm going to space. Oh, yeah. I got the money. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, if you can send that old man William Shatner to space, then they can send me to make a movie. (laughs) Elon, let's make a movie in space. (laughs) (laughs) You own Twitter now. You can do anything you want, apparently. Um, but there you go. That's our spoiler review on Top Gun Maverick. Kellyanne, thank you again for joining yeah, us. It was a, a pleasure. Thanks, it was. guys. We found a movie this that you so can watch. This was so much fun. You gotta <laughs> yeah. find another. Maybe next time we gotta pick a movie for you. Maybe that that's what it's time oh, for. Next time you come. Okay. On. Just no scary or no horror movies. I'm good. Okay, that's fine. And I, that's you know, fair. and I appreciate that so that we know we know what to not look for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't waste your time looking for those because I won't watch them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kellyanne, if anyone wants to find you, I know you're a local meteorologist here in Orlando, so if they want to see the local weather, even, I don't know, maybe a movie th- movie forecast? Can we do, can we do that? Like, a movie, maybe, movie yeah. watching Matt, forecast? Movies are inside. <laughs> Hold on, but you can watch it outside, too. you got to bring an umbrella when you go to the car parking lot, too, inside the theater. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you tried However so hard. I know. Hey, here, here, here's, here's, here's how you do it. Ready? It's hot in the summer. It storms every day. If you want to cool off and you don't want to go sit inside in your house, go to movie theater. You know, I don't know. That's how you can stretch it. Boom. Um, Boom. But you can, you can find you me do on. Uh, <laughs> you do the weather. <laughs> I do know. You're right. I do know. You can find me um, uh, on West 2 in the mornings, 4.30 a.m., bright and early, all the way through 10 a.m. I'm also on social media, Instagram and Twitter, KellyNWX, and I am on Facebook, Meteorologist Kellyanne Clark. Well, there you go. Especially that we are... And TikTok. Oh, wait. I have to say TikTok, too. Of course. What's your TikTok handle? Classic with a K, WX. Oh, I like it. <laughs> um, especially with, you know, if you live here in Florida, the hurricane season is just about approaching. So giving Kellyanne a follow is probably more needed than anything to be up to date with that as well. Yeah. Uh, hurricane yeah, season. Yeah, you will not regret it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man, it, is, it is about to go up and up and up. And we are we're bracing ourselves for hopefully what is a quiet one here in Florida. We'll oh. see. Hopefully. So. <laughs> uh, if you want more from us, you can always hit us up on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers, where we every Monday will do movie showdown Mondays. Every Friday, we'll tell you what's new to streaming along with our movie reviews, TV reviews, and the latest and breaking movie news. Uh, and then you can also find us on Facebook and TikTok at box office bingers um yeah we we uh we do a lot of stuff there movie related so you'd be sure if you're not already i don't know why you're not doing it now but if you know if you're now first time listening then go ahead and do that because it's a good it's a good follow um uh and thank you again for everyone for listening thank you kellyanne for joining us once again really do appreciate it ernesto you can be my wingman anytime and for that i've been your host matt diaz i love the way you did i don't even know how to follow that up i'm just (laughs) so heartwarming you can always be my goose or i can be your ah, there it is 
And I've been Ernesto Santos. See ya.